Welcome to the Songwalk Echoes podcast. I'm Jeff Peterson, inviting you to join Soundwalk Echoes founder Don Prisby and me as we recall the beauty of our Catholic legacy through music, art, scripture, and story. Let's take a song walk. How great are your works, O Lord, and your name in all the earth. How great are your works, O Lord, and your holy name. Above me are your works, the heavens which you made, the moon and stars which you arrange. Who is man that you are mindful of him? Mortal man that you care for him. How great are your works, O Lord, and your name in all the earth. How great are your works, O Lord, and your holy name. In your likeness we are made to glorify. With your glory we are crowned. Through all creation may your name be adored. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. How great are your works. O Lord, and your name in all the earth. How great are your works, O Lord, and your holy name. That is Songwalk founder, author, songwriter and troubadour Don Prisby with Paco Bell Praise, an original work composed and performed right here to give sound uh, to the first of Songwalk Echo's ideals or principles here, which we're going to be discussing on this episode, which is aligning with the Creator. We're going to spend the first uh, whole season here, uh, all five episodes of the Songwalk Echo's podcast, going through each of the song walk uh, echoes five principles so literally stay tuned uh, for four more upcoming episodes here uh, and all episodes uh, just like everything in the song walk echoes platform um, is presented through the four dimensions of music art story and scripture but not necessarily in that order although we will kick off every uh, every episode with song because 
as St. Augustine said, when you sing, you pray twice. So, so, so Don, uh, first episode here, Aligning with the Creator, such a beautiful song. I love the nod, uh, Pachelbel. Uh, and I'm sure everybody was re- reminded of their weddings uh, <laughs> as you play that. But uh, t- uh, tell us a little bit about how that song came to you and how that represents aligning with the Creator. Well, certainly the, the, the song is about the dignity of the human being, in the, and it comes from Psalm 8. Hmm. And it's a, it's a psalm of David, but it is the song about the human, the dignity of the human person as made in the image and likeness of God. In your likeness we are made to glorify. That psalm appears in a cycle through the morning prayer and evening prayer of the church. And it just happens, I think it comes up every every other Saturday or mm-hmm. so. But uh, it's funny, when, when you pray that, all of a sudden you might see a psalm that you've prayed for years, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden yeah. it bites you like, this is it, write about this. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that and was contemplating the magnificent nature that we're made in the image and likeness of God, that really just jumped off the page at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it just jumped off. And then I thought, how would I express it? And and the, the Pachelbel canon was available there, yeah. and it just worked. And I thought, well, let's well, try yeah, that. Well, and as a piece of music, too, the, the Pachelbel canon is also very, the, the um, I don't want to say the, it's not monotonous, but the repeatability of it. You know, it, it, it continues on. That's why it gets used for things yes. like weddings. We're like, I don't know how long this procession is going to take. Because it can continue on, and yet, like you just said, even though there's familiarity in the, in the structure of the song, it that familiarity, similar to uh, the rosary, allows for you to come to be to be struck, uh, perhaps in the third go around differently than maybe in the second, you know, or, mm-hmm. or you know, or maybe you zone a little bit, but then you come back in. So I just think choosing that as your as your sort of inspiration for this, I think was is is very. It's not just appropriate. I think it's brilliant. Well, thank you. I don't know how that happened. I would like to think that it chose me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it worked out very well, and um, it's a wonderful melody yeah. and it's a beautiful message. Well, and it is so. Yeah, and that message is so foundational. It's so core. It's very appropriate that it's the first principle <clears throat> within the song. Walk echoes sort of canon, uh, if you will, here. I'll get right off of these puns as we segue now to to Scripture. I really did want to um, continue to to just sort of ground us in the in the essence of this first principle. And so the Scripture passage that, that you identify with this first principle of aligning with the creators from Genesis, appropriately, from the beginning, Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his image, in the divine image, he created him. Male and female, he created them. There, it is so simple, Don, and it is so, again, fundamental, and yet it is something that is so powerful. Talk about how that passage was identified by you and serves as really that scriptural kind of touchstone for this first principle. It's a very complex principle. Mm-hmm. And for you and I to be thinking, well, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Does that mean, Jeff, you look like God mm-hmm. or he looks like you? 
or I, I pondered that in my younger years. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. His image and likeness. And what does it mean? Image and likeness. Those are two different elements. Yeah. And over my life, I like to interpret it as the image and likeness of goodness. Mm. That God is goodness. Yeah. He's, he, when he created us also in, in the scriptures, he said, and when he created man, he said, and it was very good. good yeah. So to think that from a moral development perspective, that we're made in the image and likeness of goodness. What does that mean? And you just read that from Genesis. So it goes back to the very, very foundations of the Hebrew scriptures. What mm -hmm. does it mean for us to be made in the image and likeness of goodness? And let me just say something parenthetically here. The image, that was God's initiative to make us in his image, the image of goodness. Mm -hmm. The likeness of goodness, that's our volition. Sure. So when I look at my life, I think, well, I'm made in the image of, of goodness, which is perfect, but how do I live in the likeness of goodness, in yeah. the choices that I make each and every day? Yeah. Sometimes not, not very good. Yeah. Well, and I'm just struck with, you know, as you, as you talk about that, Don, and talking about God and goodness, and just a little bit of, you know, when, when I think of the secularization that we as as not just Christians, but, but likely all walks of faith are, are probably bemoaning and getting concerned, you know, concerned about as our as our world becomes just more and more transactional and material. You know, I wonder if 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 that passage uh, was 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 popularized as we are made in the image and likeness of goodness, and not sort of like relegated, if you will, I'm using little air quotes here, to the spiritual domain, but just talking about goodness, okay? How many more people, how much more alignment in the world would we have? You know, all of these, I just wonder uh, how many of the defenses would, would just be dropped around like, oh, I don't believe in God. Ah, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a church person, whatever. It's like, well, no, 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 but are you into goodness? Like, right. are, are you up for goodness? Um, because God isn't just a good guy. You know, when we say God is good, it's not that God's nice and friendly. Oh, he's a good, he's good. Right. No, God is goodness. Right. Literally goodness. And so I just wonder if the words that we're choosing, if we wouldn't be able to you know, get more agreement, you know, on really what we're all born with, that, imbued, as you use that yes. word, which I love, with this sense of doing the good, choosing the good over evil, right. which is essentially choosing God. Whether you want to call it God or not, choosing the good is choosing God. Right. It makes it more concrete mm -hmm. because to be made in the image and likeness of God, well, how can that be attainable? Yeah, right. Or, or now, you know, we'll learn about this in our second segment about conforming to Christ. Mm -hmm. What would Jesus do? We, we hear that people wear the bracelets. What would Jesus do? Well, what would you do? Yeah given that you've conformed your life to Christ yeah. and you're made in the image and likeness of God and you have freedom to choose, the question is not, what would Jesus do? It's, what would you do? On the premise that you're made in the image and likeness of goodness yeah. and you are goodness in this world, mm -hmm. what would you do? Mm. And again, from a moral formation perspective, 
We need to take a deep breath about that. Because what does it mean for us to be agents of goodness? Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it does. It makes it much more concrete. But it does put the responsibility on us. Yeah. What do I do in this moment when I can choose good or choose evil? Yeah. And we've all been on that precipice before. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to connect it back to that scripture package, package that scripture passage, I think is just so, it is such a leap for our youngest of catechumens to our oldest of adults who are going through, you know, Bible studies and, and, and doing our best because that, that passage is so, it is so familiar. And, and like you're saying, it's so almost like, it sounds almost too figurative. Like, oh, we're born, they're made in the image and likeness of God. Well, how can that happen? You know what I mean? But, but, but it requires what you're doing here, what the Songwalk Echoes platform does, and what other things outside of Scripture do. So when we think about story, okay, so think about this now, our third sort of uh, structural um, device of the Songwalk Echoes platform. Talk about how, you know, our, our faith tradition through, you know, the magisterium, through the catechism, uh, through other, other stories in our faith tradition help us get our head around this image and likeness of God and being aligned with the Creator. Sure. If we look at that concept as being the principle that that drives all Catholic principles. Mm -hmm. let's, let's start there to think, we're made in the image and likeness of goodness. I am, and you are, Jeff. And your wife is, and your children are. And the community is, we're made in the image and likeness of goodness. So there's an inherent dignity that each of us has because we are made in the image and likeness of God or of goodness. Yeah. So we each have an inherent dignity. So when we look at our Catholic faith, all the teachings that the Catholic Church has about um, the value of marriage, the value of life that we bring into the world, not only that we bring into the world, but that we sustain in the world through our acts of social justice and our acts of mercy and our acts of love, and at the end of life, our acts of treating people who are dying with dignity mm -hmm. or having decisions about capital punishment or decisions about war. You know, if we consider that everyone has an inherent dignity, how does that guide our decision-making process? Mm -hmm. So the church is consistent in that teaching. You know, you shared the, the reading from the Hebrew scriptures. If we look through the epistles and the gospels, it's scattered throughout. We're reminded by Paul and others about our being made in the image and likeness of God. The church's teaching tradition, if we were to go, you know, as recently as the Second Vatican Council in Gaudium et Spes, one of the, one of the books that talks about being made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. If we look at the our canon law, the law that guides the church also is based on the inherent dignity of the person made in the image and likeness of God. If we look at the catechism, section three of the catechism is such a wonderful section talking about how we are made and, and what our mission is to live lives in alignment with that, mm -hmm. that concept. So you have... The Vatican documents, conciliar documents, the church's law, 
the church's catechism, and we can go back to John Paul II, back to Benedict, and to Francis today. They all have teachings about that. Mm -hmm. It's so wonderful, and you're so right. We just kind of brush it off as it's just a saying that Mm -hmm. goes right by us. But our church and our community upholds the value and dignity of every human life based on that very fact that were made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, and our saints also. I'm just uh, thinking of you know our saints have provided such great reflections and writings about, about that that same thing. And, and a lot of our saints have suffered. They lived lives that were not necessarily you know the soft birth kind of life and birth being B E R T H. And 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 yet you know I'm I'm reminded of um, Saint um, John Henry Newman who wrote who was going through periods of, of, of dryness and, and struggle and, and, and yet, and yet, when he was questioning his own calling, his own ability to serve, you know, he wrote, he wrote, God, God does not, God does nothing in vain. Mm. Nothing. And so all of this, even the suffering is, uh, is intentional and, and on purpose. And what God did, you know, God, Jesus himself did not live a soft life at all. And so I, I think that image and likeness is something that is also something our saints remind us of, of the, the intentionality of our lives. And then, like you're saying, the opportunity that we have to now, in the likeness, okay, live it out and, and be, those, be that light for others. Right. And if we look at today at the saints that we know, people that we admire, virtuous people that, yeah. we, that we owe our respect to, the, the people that, that are living lives oriented to the good. What potential we have mm. in this world, which, which you know, every, every, every generation has its challenges. So the challenges that we might bemoan today are probably the challenges that our parents faced and their grandparents and, mm. you know, our grandparents faced. But... We're, we're continually called to choose good over evil. We're continually, we should be continually awakened to the potential that we have yeah. to be goodness in the world. Mm-hmm. And we'll explore a lot more of that when, when what it does it mean to conform ourselves to Christ. Yeah. Because now we're, we're taking that concept that's universal mm-hmm. and we're putting it in the Christian Catholic tradition. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's episode two. So let's. Uh, we got a little more to be on this bone here. So, so the art. Uh, I love the art that you've selected for for this um, this first. Not not just the episode here, but the principle around aligning with the Creator. Because the art that you've chosen, and, and listeners, a little bit uh, ironic here uh, that we're going to now uh, be talking about art in, in an audio format here. And but but as a little. A way that you can uh, join us in this uh, now brief discussion on the art part of uh, of of, uh, of this song Wakako's principle, uh, you can look to the thumbnail of the uh, episode. Uh, so whether wherever your podcast pro- uh, shows up, you know Apple, Spotify, whatever, there's a little thumbnail for this episode, and you'll notice that the that the image is of Michelangelo's very famous. Uh, painting uh, on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel of God and man uh, coming together in the two fingers. Uh, I don't know if you ever titled that something. Is there, is, do you know, is there a name for that uh, painting or that fresco, or is that just the one that people go, oh, yeah, that's the one in the Sistine Chapel? <laughs> I, I saw it in Italian once. It was uh, El Sofito della 
Capella Sistina, which just means nice. Yeah, it's in the Sistine good. Chapel. <laughs> yeah, it just means the roof of the Sistine <laughs> nice, Chapel. Nice, nice. Well, that's well, that's the that's the art. And of course, even if uh, listeners, if you're not looking at it, I'm sure you can conjure it up uh, in your mind. And uh, and so, Don, talk about that. I mean, that's such a, that's such an iconic, just like the scripture passage. Everyone's everyone's heard the scripture package passage. Everyone's seen that if they haven't seen it in person. But how did that how does that image, how does that piece of art uh, represent this alignment sure. that you're talking about here? Well, when I think about the, the words from the Paco, Bell, the Paco Bell praise song, which I started, yeah. Above me are your works, the heavens which you made. I think about all those tourists that I saw in Rome who are standing in the Sistine Chapel and just above out. me are, <laughs> is that work <laughs> yeah. by Michelangelo? Yeah. And I also felt per- I felt bad for the person that got the commission to do the Sistine Chapel floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We never talk about him or yeah. her. You know? Mom and Dad, yeah. I, I, I did the floor. <laughs> well, no one ever sees it. No. Because no. they're looking up at totally, that beautiful right. work. Uh, I mean, just think about what kind of inspiration that Michelangelo ha- had to have yeah. to spend all those years painting that on his back. Uh, but I want to throw it back to you because you and I shared... <laughs> your appreciation for that art yeah and tell me that it's a wonderful story and it does fit right into our theme about the the fingers touching one another yeah yeah no i i was struck uh you know the betsy and, and i took the girls um to visit one of our daughters who was studying abroad in in florence and we took a, a trip then to rome and did the whole thing and yeah i was really struck and thankfully blessedly our tour guide was wonderful and gave me a little bit of this uh, heads up before we walked in and started looking up like everybody else. And what she was pointing out, she said, now when you go in there, she said, take a look and really pay attention to how the fingers, uh, how Michelangelo painted the fingers of both God and, and man. And whereas God's finger is straight as an arrow and just and, and with much sort of, again, deliberation and, and, and pointing and, you know, towards, towards man, man's finger is just bent ever so slightly, and it's right underneath uh, the Lord's finger. And she said, you know, a lot of people think that that was meant to convey um, man's fallenness or weakness or, you know, that, oh, we're, just, you know, we're, just, we're never going to be able to, you know, you know, reach God. And she said, actually, she said, Michelangelo painted that to, to illustrate free will, that it's not that it's not that we can't. And, 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 and apropos of, of this first principle of being created in the image and likeness of God, like we've got it in us. God does nothing in vain, created us to be goodness in the world. But he also is so good that he gave us free will to make that choice. So that's why the finger is bent. And that's why, you know, it's on us. Okay, God's not going to change. God's finger straight as an arrow, ready to go. But we have to make that step. We have to, we have to accept that gift and then live in the likeness of God. Thank you for sharing. Well, that. I get That's... I get chills when I hear when I say it again. And it wasn't for me; it was this tour guide. Sure, <laughs> but then seeing it, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for making that known because I bet a lot of people aren't even aware of that. But yes, we go back to that premise of being made in the image and likeness. You know, the image being perfect and the likeness, you know, our volition, not always perfect, mm. but reaching to be perfect. Mm. And, and yes, 
done so out of free will. What what gift did God give to to make us in His image and likeness, and then give us freedom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yet, if He didn't give us freedom, we would have no way to choose Him. Yeah, yeah. Or to choose goodness. If we weren't free to choose goodness, how, how would we? How would we even grow? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, and where's the challenge in the world of? Of, of responding to injustice and mm-hmm. and our and reconciling our own sin yeah. that we have the freedom we had the freedom to get in that place mm-hmm. but we also have the freedom to reconcile yeah well and that's the thing. yeah god god could have created uh anything he wanted uh and he could have very well just created a bunch of uh order taking drones to just carry out uh the mission and yet he didn't yeah he 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 took the risk, the generous risk of giving us free will. And so that when we do choose the good, when we do live in the likeness, it's even more powerful and it's more, um, it spreads. You know? Sure. And, and, uh, I'd like us to both be cu- courageous to imagine, well, let's just take as a given that most of the people we know are, are decent people and are choosing good. Right. I used to think about free will as, you know, well, God gave us freedom, so we probably won't choose the good. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're free. Yeah. But but when we look at our lives, our mature lives of, of both of us being husbands and fathers and having raised children and and our narrative that we've created in our lives, our narrative of choices of goodness you know, think back to maybe te- your teenage years of the choices that you made for goodness or in your early marriage when you were wildly in love, but through the mat- maturation of your marriage, you made choices for goodness one after the other. You created a narrative of goodness. That is also the fruit of free will. Mm. And I would imagine that that God's going to get the last laugh or get the last <laughs> pleasure out of that to say, um, I gave them freedom and they chose goodness and look what they've created. Yeah, yeah. I love that narrative of goodness. All right, well, Don, we wrap up every show, as you know, with trying to take now all of this, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that um, our, our listeners can find on the Sangwak Echoes uh, website, all of the different curriculum and, and then and consultations. Um, and so this has just been a little, a little bit of a sampler, uh, if you will, of this first principle. But every, every show, we like to wrap it up into something we call our Sangwak Echo Point. And so what would be that one thing that you'd like to leave everybody with today as they reflect on, on this first principle of aligning with the Creator? In reflecting on the awe of that potentiality that we're made in the image and likeness of God, I mean, that alone would be something for us to just reflect on each day. Yeah. What does that mean for my potential during the day to make goodness known? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, w- I would invite people to perhaps consider that with each waking moment. 
but particularly if people wanted to crack open the Catholic Catechism, which is actually a very friendly and affable read, mm. to section three, right at the beginning, just those few paragraphs, maybe take a read through that. It's, it's, it's not arduous work. It's very pleasant. But you'll see how, how the church addresses man and women made in the image and likeness of God and the potential of good that we have. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, you know, one point is just reflect on that, but two is maybe spend some time in the catechism in that section three um, and, and read, a, read a little bit of that. Read a few lines or a couple of paragraphs. Yeah. Just reflect on that. Love it, love it. All right, well, hey, thanks for a great, uh, thanks for a great episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and stay tuned for our next episode. I don't think people tune in anymore. I think, I think they download. I think I'm using very old language here, but you guys know what I mean. So stay tuned for our next episode of the Songwalk Echoes podcast. And in the meantime, keep your own songwalk in your own heart for the beauty and the brilliance of our Catholic faith. You've been listening to the Songwalk Echoes podcast. For small group resources related to this podcast and more, visit songwalkechoes.com.